0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Kristen Phillips, General Manager for Ag Days, who remains confident they'll be able to go ahead with next month's show. Year-end interviews continue with federal agriculture critic John Barlow. And Laurel Lyons with Manitoba Pork offers up some suggestions on how to serve up your Christmas ham. The latest farm news and market numbers also coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The general manager of Manitoba Ag Days in Brandon remains confident they'll be able to go ahead with next month's show. Kristen Phillips spoke with Barry Lamb and says they've been working hard to make sure the Keystone Centre is a safe place for patrons and exhibitors. We are super
1: excited. Uh, You know, we have spent so much time planning and organizing and reorganizing for this show. And we know that we are going to deliver a safe and secure environment for all of our patrons and exhibitors. And we are just so thrilled to be back in person.
2: And what are the parameters uh, at this point, uh, as far as vaccinations or needing tickets to get in or not? How does it all work?
1: Yeah, so the rules are we have to be double vaccinated and wear masks to enter the Keystone Centre, as it is an indoor facility. Um, Starting on December 21st until January 11th, the restrictions now have cut us back to 50% capacity, but we can tell everyone that that is still totally a a doable farm show for us. The Keystone Centre has a capacity of just over 44,000 at 100%, and so we're at 22,000 people per day allowed to enter the show, and so we are very comfortable with these numbers and the restrictions that are in place, and we know that we can provide that safe and secure environment.
2: What impact, if any, on, on the speakers in those parts of the shows?
1: So our, we did cut back to one speaking theatre this year, part of our own mitigation risk, um, you know, with planning and travel organization. And just, you know, we bring speakers in from all over the world. And so we cut back to one theatre, but we have 33 speakers. It's just an incredible lineup. Uh, go to eggdays.com slash program to see all of the speakers we have coming in.
2: How concerned, if at all, are you that further restrictions might limit your ability to put the show on? You
1: know, I think this whole time we've been planning and replanning and adjusting, and I think that we are very flexible, and we are lucky that our exhibitors are so flexible as well. You know, they've been on a long journey with us the whole time, and I don't think that there's anything that we haven't already planned for. So I think we have the protocols and plans in place to keep everybody safe.
2: How nice will it be to have a show up and running again and, and to have producers coming through the doors?
1: I I can't wait. You know, agriculture is a, is a business of handshakes and face-to-face interactions, and we know that the egg industry wants this, and we just are so thrilled to be able to put this on again.
2: How have exhibitors been in responding to this year's show?
1: We have had absolutely positive uh, comments from all of our exhibitors Everybody is excited to be back in person, to be back in front of of patrons. Um, You know, if if anything, they're having trouble getting equipment in so they have enough stuff to fill their booth. But uh, that's not been a problem for us. The show is 100% full, and we will have a full capacity show.
2: Well, masks and, and vaccinations are required. Are you asking anything of the patrons that are going through the Keystone facility? Like, don't stay at a booth too long or anything like that, or no?
1: Uh, Nope. So once you enter the facility, you will be required to do a health check. So you're, um, you know, verifying that you are healthy entering the facility. You will then have an ID check and a QR check. Then you will go through the next stage will actually be your admission into the show. And then once you are inside the facility, you are free to move freely throughout the facility.
2: And are tickets needed to get into the show?
1: Absolutely. So you need to purchase your ticket at eggdays.com slash tickets. They're $15 in advance. Um, You will need that ticket to enter into the Keystone Centre facility. If you do not purchase a ticket in advance and would like to purchase it during the show, our box office will be at the Provincial Exhibition of Manitoba Dome Building only on January 18th, 19th, and 20th. There is no pre-purchased on-site ticket.
2: And were tickets always a part of the show, or is this part of the COVID requirements just to manage numbers and what's happening?
1: So this is the first time in 45 years that Manitowal Bank Days has ever had to be a ticketed event. And being honest, it is partly COVID um, and partly time. It was time for us to make a change. We were the last um, complimentary trade show that was out there. And just with restrictions and the additional security and ticketing, um, there was no way we could break even on our budget. And so this year, we have to have the patrons support us because we didn't feel it was fair to put it all onto the exhibitors.
0: A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Candace Dirksen. And now for a look at today's farm news. South Korea is looking for more information on Canada's latest case of BSE. In the meantime, it has suspended quarantine inspections of Canadian beef. The news came just four days after an atypical case of BSE was found in an eight-and-a-half-year-old beef cow in central Alberta. The beef cow was euthanized on the farm and did not enter the food or animal feed chain. The CFIA reports that atypical strains occur naturally and sporadically in all cattle populations at a very low rate and which have only been identified in older cattle. It's the first case of BSE in Canada in six years, and the first since Canada received its negligible risk status from the World Organization for Animal Health in May of this year. South Korea is a key customer, importing over 10,000 tons of Canadian beef this year. The third payment under the Dairy Direct Payment Program is now available for producers. As an example, under the compensation package, the owner of a farm with 80 dairy cows would be awarded compensation in the form of a direct payment of approximately $38,000 each year. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has mailed letters to all eligible dairy producers with directions on how to access the payment. Based on their milk quota, dairy farmers will receive compensation payments totaling up to $469 million for this fiscal year. In order to receive their payment, producers must register through the Canadian Dairy Commission prior to March 31, 2022. Another $468 million will be available in 2022-23. And drought in Western Canada was one of the big agriculture stories in 2021. Here's Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau. I was able to travel and to witness and to meet with farmers, but I'm very
1: proud of what we've been doing in partnership with the provinces. You know, being able to roll out agri recovery really fast and and in a very nimble manner, so that producers
0: got help faster uh, than I, I think they they would have uh, seen in the past. Bebo noted farmers are some of the first people to be affected by climate change and says this means working harder to adapt and fight against it. Stay tuned, the Prairie Ag Wire is coming up. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Thursday, December 23rd. I'm Candace Dirksen. Coming up today, we continue our year-end interviews as Glenda Lee Allen-Vosler talks with John Barlow, the Federal Conservative Shadow Minister for Agriculture, Agri-Food and Food Security. Federal Conservative Shadow Minister for Agriculture, Agri-Food and Food Security, John Barlow, offered a year-end interview with Glenda Lee allen Vossler. John, let's take a look back at at
3: 2021, and of course, let's start with the challenges.
4: This has been, you know, a challenging year. Uh, You know, so you certainly look at the drought, um, the floods in B.C. Um, You know, this has not exactly been... uh, you know, a, a record year and, you know, we're, we're trying to, to do the best we can to, to ensure that 2022 is, is better. And, uh, you know, to do that, uh, that's why we want to ensure that we're, we're listening to producers and, and developing policy and, uh, developing legislation that, that is going to help. And, uh, not only with their recovery, but we want agriculture to be, uh, you know, a critical part of the pandemic economic recovery as well. Cause we know they can play a critical role in that.
3: Talk about some highlights that that you see in agriculture and where we're going.
4: I believe there are some great opportunities for for Canadian agriculture um, moving forward, and and one of those things I mentioned was you know as we as we build uh, and rebuild our economy from from the pandemic um, as uh, as a country, we have to look at certain industries where we know. Um, are going to be productive can generate jobs can generate revenue um, are going to be producing a commodity or a product that we know is going to have global demand and when food security and and affordability are top of mind not only here in canada but around the world uh, canadian agriculture will play a critical role um, in our economic recovery but certainly um, in the economic recovery of of other countries and i think when we if we learn anything from this pandemic, is we must be more self-sustaining. So, I think there's going to be some great opportunities for value-added agribusinesses, processing, and uh, looking forward to to being a part of uh, you know realizing uh, those opportunities.
3: Looking ahead to 2022 and the the challenges that we have to to meet or overcome, a lot of them stem from the challenges we dealt with in 2021 from the the drought to the transportation issues, the market situation, mm-hmm. labor shortages
4: yeah for sure you you've touched on you know a lot of those uh, those uh, obstacles that that agriculture faces and that's what you know makes this uh, this industry so interesting and at times so challenging as you have all of these different um, aspects and that that play a play a role in, in agriculture and I think there are some challenges and, and you mentioned it uh you know. There's very bad liberal policy coming forward on, on the fertilizer issue, but there's the, the big issue that I think we're facing is, um, our relationship with the United States our, our most trusted trading partner. Uh, and we've really seen that start to erode and we've seen that with that with, you know, softwood lumber, uh, potatoes in Prince Edward Island, but now with uh, the Senate of the United States tabling a bill to bring back mandatory country of origin labeling, um, you know, there is an underlying current here was what is going on with our relationship uh, in the United States. Uh, you know, trade is critical to agriculture, uh, and we need to be uh, at the forefront of that. And one of the most important things is having a, a strong relationship with our most important and trusted trading partner, and that's the United States. But uh, clearly, the, the current government under Prime Minister Trudeau um, is seeing that relationship uh, deteriorate, and, and we need to find out why, and we need to try and repair that if we're going to have a successful agriculture sector.
3: And, of course, uh, another key issue is the next ag policy framework that is set to come into effect in 2023.
4: Yeah, I think those negotiations are are critically important uh, as we move forward, and I think there's, you know, two or three really important aspects to that renegotiation, and I think those would certainly be focused on uh, a review of the business risk management programs, Um, you know, Obviously, agri stability has been a bone of contention for quite some time. Uh, we don't see uh, the majority of producers um, being involved, participating in that, subscribing. So we want to see you know some review on that. We also want to see some investment and in innovation and research uh, to ensure that you know we can commercialize and and uh, some of the, the great ideas and, and and innovation that's happening here in Canada. Uh, unfortunately, in many cases, we're losing our best and brightest because it takes too long. to to navigate the the bureaucratic red tape here in Canada. And and certainly we want to modernize the Grain Act. I think that is something that uh, is certainly overdue. Um, And, you know, certainly talk about, uh, you know, trade, uh, non-tariff trade barriers, uh, the shipping container issue. You know, some of these things may not be part of, of the cap renegotiation, but still should be on the table for discussion.
3: Overall, final thoughts, key message that you would like to leave with producers today?
4: Well, certainly, uh, you know we have all the respect in the world for, for their resiliency and, and their their commitment to, and to not only feed Canadians but uh, you know be a big part of our, our economy. I know this past year is, has been a challenge, um, and there are still obstacles uh, in front of them as always. But uh, just know that uh, for myself and, and my team, and certainly our, our leader, um, agriculture is clearly a, a huge priority, and and uh, we will be there, um, you know, shoulder to shoulder, hands in the dirt, uh, talking to them and listening and uh, trying to ensure that, that their voice is heard. And I think that uh, that is critically important.
3: Another issue, of course, is the fact that uh, as Canadians, when we go to the grocery store, we see prices continue to rise. Unfortunately, we're not seeing uh, the benefit going into producer pockets.
4: There's no question. You know, that has been a, you know, an issue that we have focused on uh, in question period and certainly in the House of Commons as well is, is the cost of living uh inflation, and you know the, the liberals like to blame this on 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 supply chain and international you know problems, but you know we have no shortage of cows, we have no shortage of hogs, our processing capacity processes are are operating at capacity, and yet you know meat prices have gone up fifteen percent, and certainly i can I can tell you that my farmers aren't um, getting any more money for that, but we're seeing um, the prices at the grocery store skyrocket, and you know now we're seeing that the grocery store Bills will be likely a thousand dollars a year higher, uh, and what is the reason for that? And uh, you know, a lot of this has to fall to the feet of, of liberal policy. Where um, again, our relationship with the United States has deteriorated. We see our uh, trade infrastructure across Canada, um, you know, not not be able to meet our responsibilities as a trusted trading partner. Um, and when you you don't have a monetary policy, uh, this is what you're going to see is, is skyrocketing inflation and. And that's what we're seeing at at the fuel pumps, uh, at the grocery store, and just about in every aspect of our lives.
3: I've been talking with the federal conservative shadow critic for agriculture and agri-food, John Barlow.
0: For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vosler. That's it for the Prairie Ag Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Candace Dirksen and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Ag Wire will return Tuesday, December 28th on the Golden West Farm Network. And now for a look at your farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars continue to be held Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock. These interactive webinars allow participants to view presentations as well as ask questions in real time. Pre-registration is required, so contact Melissa Atchison at 204-264-0294 or email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the Province of Manitoba and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. The Ag Action Manitoba Assurance Agricultural Crown Lands Forage Productivity Pilot Program is open for applications until December 31st. Visit the Government of Manitoba Agriculture page. And looking ahead, Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. These will be held online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. And the Manitoba Forage Seed Association is holding its annual seminar January 9th and 10th at Winnipeg Victoria Inn. Register on the MFSA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, farm broadcaster Corey Knute spoke with Laurel Lyons, the community engagement coordinator for Manitoba Pork, about how best to prepare and serve your Christmas ham. I think it's quite a big holiday for for pork. I think that there's lots of families that include ham
5: in their holiday celebrations. I know our family does. And, um, you know, there's just so many different options when it comes to ham. Uh, whether it's bone-in or boneless or, um, you know, there's a multitude of other holiday and festive cuts that can be used for, for Christmas as well.
2: Are we seeing families change on, on what they're eating? Or?
5: Um, you know, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I know that, um, you know, with, with ham being a traditional addition to, say, a, a turkey for Christmas, um, in past years, we've we've definitely seen that. Um, you know, now that we're being asked to kind of keep our holiday celebrations a little bit smaller, um, you know, we're, we're anticipating that people might choose some different pork cuts that are a little bit smaller, um, such as a, maybe a rack, which is quite an elegant cut, quite delicious, um, and would feed kind of a smaller group, uh, but still be special.
2: Tell us about some, um, you know, um, maybe not recipes, but just ways that people are preparing their their pork and, um, you know, uh, what's popular.
5: Yeah, I would say um, certainly uh, different types of glazes for ham would be popular around this time. Brown sugar, um, apple juice, pineapple. Those are all great ingredients to add to a glaze for ham. Um, Kind of along the same lines if you're making um, a rack of pork, very simple ingredients because the pork itself is quite tender and and tasty on its own. Um, but like different types of mustards um, could be used, grainy mustards. I know that we have a lots of different, even locally made mustards on the market right now as well that could be mixed with a little brown sugar and used as a glaze um, partway through cooking. So those are some ingredients that. That would traditionally be used for different different cuts and they fit really well for for all sorts of different pork cuts, whether it's loin roasts hams or or a rack of pork
2: and I know there's always uh, always leftovers after the holidays. Um, any <laughs> suggestions on on what people can do there
5: absolutely yeah we've got a few recipes on our website. one of our favorites um, is a ham and lentil um, soup that's done in the slow cooker and it'll use up a couple cups of, of diced leftover ham. So that's always a great option. Um, You know, making sandwiches with your leftover pork loin is a great option as well. Um, That can even be incorporated into a breakfast omelet. Uh, I think, you know, pork is so versatile that you can transform it and, and make it into anything
2: that anything that you want. Where can people go for recipes or other suggestions?
5: Yeah, you can go to our website, uh, manitobapork.com. We've got lots of great recipes using all different cuts, um, different ham recipes, ground pork for different, um, Christmas and holiday appetizers, along with some cooking times and temperatures and, and guidelines for how, you know, how long you can keep leftovers in the, in the refrigerator. Um, so it's manitobapork.com.
0: Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. And now for another look at today's farm news. South Korea is looking for more information on Canada's latest case of BSE. In the meantime, it has suspended quarantine inspections of Canadian beef. The news came just four days after an atypical case of BSE was found in an 8.5-year-old beef cow in central Alberta. The beef cow was euthanized on the farm and did not enter the food or animal feed chain. The CFIA reports that atypical strains occur naturally and sporadically in all cattle populations at a very low rate, and which have only been identified in older cattle. It's the first case of BSE in Canada in six years, and the first since Canada received its negligible risk status from the World Organization for Animal Health in May of this year. South Korea is a key customer, importing over 10,000 tons of Canadian beef this year. The third payment under the Dairy Direct Payment Program is now available for producers. As an example, under the compensation package, the owner of a farm with 80 dairy cows would be awarded compensation in the form of a direct payment of approximately $38,000 each year. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has mailed letters to all eligible dairy producers with directions on how to access the payment. Based on their milk quota, dairy farmers will receive compensation payments totaling up to $469 million for this fiscal year. In order to receive their payment, producers must register through the Canadian Dairy Commission prior to March 31, 2022. Another $468 million will be available in 2022-23. And the chair of the Canadian Pork Council says African swine fever will be a big focus in 2022. Here's Rick Bergman.
4: The continued focus on, on ASF, it'll just continue because we cannot afford uh, to uh, uh, be impacted by this in our country.
0: Meanwhile, he notes they are also looking at developing a Canadian pork pricing mechanism. As right now, all of the pork is getting priced out on the U.S. formula. I'm Candace Dirksen. And we've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email at thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. I'm Candace Dirksen and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. We'll meet you back here on Tuesday, December 28th at noon.